lose everyone. I'm back, baby. It's Jake C. Lee. I'm great. Everybody else sucks. Oh, huh. oh no. It's every nightmare I've ever had. Excuse me. It's time to check the link. Pretty crazy, huh? But, but it doesn't matter because none of this has anything to do with the show. You know what? You just made the list. <laughs> oh, wait, you serious? Let me laugh even harder. It's all in sports. Sure, we talk about it all the time. Really? No. Game on, everybody. It's all in sports. Jake Steely, you know me. Or hey, maybe you came in from one of the most fun guests I ever have on this show. So maybe you came from him and you don't know. But if you're following me at All In Kid, thank you. If you're not, please do. And then go give this show five stars on iTunes. It's got a lot of them. I don't need your votes anyway. Whatever. I'm just kidding. Uh, always appreciate you guys. And if you're not at The Athletic checking out, that's where you can get my rankings and everything over there. And you're not checking out all the other great stuff besides just me. If you use the name of this show, if you go to theathletic.com slash all in sports, it's 40% off. So you really don't have an excuse anymore. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about rookies. And we're doing rookies today with somebody who I talked about rookies before on his show a few months ago. If you listened to it, hopefully you did. But I wanted to have him on my show so we could do it again because it's been a little time. And he's one of the better rookie evaluators I've talked to. A lot of people might not know this about you. See Scott Bogman at Bogman Sports because you do so much baseball that people might even pay attention to how much football you know. I actually have gotten on Twitter when we'll put polls up during the season. I had a guy say, I'm just not going to listen to your football opinion anymore. I'm only going to listen to your baseball because these football things make no sense. And <laughs> if they listen to the show, they would make sense. I'm not just throwing out all kinds of stuff willy-nilly here, but uh, but yeah. So I I've, I do all kinds of stuff. I basketball, I, football, I'm my college show name. football. So. All, my new show name is going to be all sorts of things willy-nilly. All sorts of things willy-nilly. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a Willie Nelson tribute band. So <laughs> hey, that's a good point. Speaking of shows. Make sure, let everybody know where they can follow. I already said at Bogman Sports, but everything else, all the good stuff that you're working on, the show that you have with Welsh, all that stuff. Inthisleague.com is where I work with the Welsh. I do baseball there. I do football there, basketball, college football. The Welsh has prospect one, and he just joined the team at CBS. So he is uh, hosting CBS Fantasy Baseball today, right now. So uh, go and listen to that, too, if you are a Welsh fan. Uh, you can find us on FNTSY on the Black Book Show as well with Joe Pizapia. I also do the Individual Defensive Podcast with Gary Davenport there. New college fantasy football uh, on campus with Justin Heisey and John Lobb over there as well. So if you like what I do, you can find something that you enjoy from all of the stuff that I'm doing. Yeah, I mean, just, there's a million things out there. And speaking, like you said, you do baseball. I just checked the box score while we were doing this uh, earlier. Uh, Matthew Boy's starting to piss me the hell off. But we're not talking. We're not talking <laughs> baseball. It's freaking Diamondbacks are winning right now, so no Carl's Junior for me. <sighs> just oh no, Carl. Oh, well, that's probably good because you've been on a little bit too much of a run lately. There. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, it was. Someone was like, uh, "They got to have a counter for you up there." I'm like, "Yeah, it's 59." So. <laughs> <laughs> the Diamondbacks have lost 59 games. So that's the um, counter. Arizona Diamondbacks, please win more for Scott's health. And, that's right. Uh, or else you'll be having accidents like Barkley in the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it'll be the, you know, Scott Bogman Memorial Fantasy League. <laughs> if, if losing. So I'm just glad I'm not an Orioles fan this year. So 
Oh, that that is true. You you might be long gone at this point. <laughs> hey, like it, it, what, they have like one relevant fantasy player. I actually think I own him, Santander. I think he might be the only guy at this point. Oh no, Mancini. Yeah, Mancini, of course. Uh, again, so I can't believe we're not. No, no, no baseball. No Forget baseball. It. No baseball. Only football. Football and football rookies. So let's get to the first one. Let's get to, whether you're high like I am on him or you're not. I think the general consensus is still that Josh Jacobs is the top rookie. So where are you? Because there's twofold situation here, Scott, is one is what's your evaluation of Josh Jacobs? Because a lot of people out there, you know, talk to the point of like, he wasn't the starter for the full season. If he wasn't the starter for the full season, well, he quote unquote, couldn't get past Damian Harris, all that type of stuff. So you have the evaluation of Josh Jacobs. And then the second part of that question is Josh Jacobs on the Raiders do they pass too much to make him an RB1? Is he going to be used in the passing game enough to be an RB1? Is the volume going to be enough to be an RB1? Because you know how I feel, and I'll come back and add my thoughts afterwards, but I, I, it's a two-part question when it comes to Jacobs. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I understand people's trepidation of wanting to draft him, but if you watch his stuff, he can do it all. You know, he can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's pretty good between the tackles. He's a complete back. Now, I understand the people saying that he didn't have the full run at Alabama, but I think the thing that you need to understand at Alabama is no one is ever going to have the full run because they keep getting the number one five-star running back like every single <laughs> season. So when you have three of those dudes, when you have the number one high school back from 2017, 2018, 2016, and 2015 all on your team, why would you run one out there? You know, why wouldn't you mix them all, especially to keep them all healthy and that good stuff? So it makes sense for him to run with Damian, uh, uh, Damian Harris. And he was behind Damian Harris coming into last year on the depth chart, but his skill was just so good that he surpassed him. And if you watch right. the playoffs, you saw him blow up there. So, I mean, not a ton of receptions in college last year, uh, 20, and only 120 carries, but averaging over five yards a carry. And, um, you know, getting 20 catches when you split up all three of those backs is huge. And the Raiders offense, um, it might have some growing pains. I, I was really into Derek Carr when he came into the league, and I thought he was going to make Amari Cooper good. But he was really gun-shy last year throwing the ball down the field. But now that he has Antonio Brown, as crazy as he is, and with all those, you know, off-field stories that we've had over the last week or two here, but – A.B. should really open up the entire offense, uh, and the defense is still really bad. So they're going to pass a bunch. I think he's going to catch a bunch of passes. Uh, maybe he's not as good as some people are putting him you know, as an RB1. I think he's right going to be on the fringe of that. I have, him, you know, I have him as 12 since the Damian Williams committee talk, but after seeing what happened with their practice and the fact of how much Williams was with the ones, he might flip-flop and be 13. So for either way, the point being, I've had him as a, a, what has been the most contentious of my running back rankings, it seems. I've had him as a fringe RB1 this entire, basically since the draft, and it's because I see him getting right close to 300 touches because you know I said this to you on your podcast, and I've said it on many podcasts, and I will say it time and again, John Gruden, when given the opportunity, has in fact used a bell cow running back. And that might be bell cow from the talent standpoint, but when you give Cadillac Williams 290 carries, get him hurt, and then come <laughs> back and give him 200 and 
40 or 30 or whatever it was the next year and then give Ernest freaking Graham 222, give Tyron Wheatley over 202 years in a row. You've been looking for opportunities to give somebody bell cow work. It's just he's never had a talent, which they just did and spent a first round pick on. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess maybe I'm with Chris Harris on occasion where first round pick crutch argument Rashad Penny. Right. I, that worked out last well, year. I, I, I was, that, that, learn that, from that. Jay. Hold on. Hold on. That's also Pete Carroll and the fact that I really still to this day <laughs> do not believe I, I, a hundred percent I'll go to my grave on this unless he ever reveals the information himself, which isn't going to happen. So I will go to my grave on this. I go to my grave on the fact that in the war room on draft day, there was a heated argument and, for once, Pete Carroll lost, and maybe Pete Carroll was like, "Fine, you guys take this, but I get the next one." Right. I mean that. I, I that's fine, you know. Uh, but it's just not the way it works all the time. I think Josh Jacobs is by far the most talented running back on this roster, so he should get as many touches as he could be given. So, okay. um, I, I I agree. I don't know if three hundred is the number, but I would say uh, well over two hundred. So that's probably close to the number. So. so 251 carries, 1,078 yards, 44 receptions, 337 yards receiving. So there you go. That's what I have him at. Sound fair? Huh? That's yeah. just below 300. I, I, I could see something like 295. that. 295. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could see it that high. I don't know if it's going to go that high, but I could see it that high. So Okay. So let's talk about another running back, and let me just ask you this. Is Dave Montgomery your number two running back rookie-wise for this year? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And it's, it's, there's, it's him and Josh Jacobs. And then, you know, like, uh, Brad, everybody else. money ball, 50 feet of crap, everybody else. So, okay. So with David Montgomery, is it for you? Is it talent? Is it situation? Is it, whoa, hold on. Can you hear that? I heard something. Yeah. Well, excuse that echo, everybody. I don't know what the heck that was. I don't know how I got an echo. It started coming through my phone, which is <laughs> That's really never happened before. I have no idea Very how weird. I have a freaking shore mic in front of me connected to my computer. I have no idea how the audio started coming through my phone. <laughs> Wonders will never cease. Anyway, so for David Montgomery, the biggest thing I keep saying is the floor, in my opinion, is the touches that Jordan Howard had last year, which a lot of people don't realize was 270. And we already know he's a better player and a better receiver. And there's also been talk that Tariq Cohen might see less touches or fewer touches. So is that why? Are you with me on this? Is David Montgomery top 20 value here? Boy, I hope he didn't tell that to Emery because Emery was Tariq Cohen. not buy in to, to that stuff. He is a Tariq Cohen uh, stan, if you will. He is way, way into Tariq Cohen. I'm more into David. Have Mark. you ever seen his house? It's actually, there's just a giant mural of him painted on the side. Of Cohen? Is it like the Sistine Chapel, but of yes. Tariq Cohen plays? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, if that's the case, then I feel more comfortable about my love for uh, David Montgomery. I just, mm -hmm. I watched David Montgomery a lot at Iowa State. He's really good, and he played with such a crappy offensive line there. And he still had the most yards after contact. And that was almost out of necessity because he was getting contacted in the backfield uh, immediately. So, yeah, I think David Montgomery is a top 20 back, and I think that he is e easily the number two rookie running back for this season. And it's not really close. I mean, Miles Sanders I like a lot, and I like the situation in Philly, but they always use too many running backs there. So the, the chance for touches is way in David Montgomery's favor because he's much better than Mike Davis. Mike Davis isn't horrific. He caught, uh, what, 35 passes or something out of the backfield for Seattle. 
from the team that ran the most, and he was by far the third back. So, you know, I, I don't think he's horrible or anything, but he's not David Montgomery, and he's not Tariq Cohen. So he's by far the third wheel in this offense. And you see all those uh, weapons. I didn't like the other day, I think it was from The Athletic, Jake, where I was reading that uh, Mitch Trubisky has looked terrible in practice so far. I don't know if you saw that come down. He's overthrown no, guys, I, I, picks and all that stuff. So that worries I, me a touch, I, I, but not One much. of my favorite things from The Athletic that we do with the beat writers is the beat writer roundup yep. at the same time. As is with, I mostly 90, 95% ignore podcasts and other fantasy articles throughout the preseason because I don't want other people that, even if I respect them, don't want them clouding my judgment until, you know, like I'll usually go back and then see if there's anything after the fact and then say like, maybe they need to, it's similar to when you and I, when we do rookie evaluations, it's like, you know, I watch, I watch, I watch, I see the metrics and then I say, eh, maybe I missed something here. Let me go double check <laughs> really off. So that's where I'll do. And so I try to avoid beat writer stuff because they're doing the best job, but they're only given one, the information that they're allowed to get. And when I say yes. allowed is like, what does the team want to give them in the first place? And then two, the next step is they're making the same assumptions we are. Is right. you know, They're using their best knowledge to make their assumption on what the roster is going to be. And we're making our best knowledge and assumptions to do the same thing. So that, that that's why. I just uh, So Mr. Bisky looking poor, whatever, you know, maybe it was a bad one day. I don't want to like... I'm Practice not gonna... for everybody too. So, right. yeah. I mean, even if he looked bad for a week, none of that matters if, you know, he comes out firing week one of the, the regular season. So... Well, you know what? I hate to do it because we're going to go through the running backs and then the wide receivers, but I'm going to jump to one because I think there's okay. a perfect parallel here. And it's one I'm going to draw. It's the Baltimore situation. And I'm very high on Miles Boykin, as you know, as a player. And mm-hmm. I've been pounding. As a the- Notre Dame graduate, right. Yes, again. Do I have to? You make <laughs> me bring up the pack that, like, look, <laughs> I crapped all over Equinamia St. Brown last year. So I am a very non-partial or wait partial which is the right way to say it. it's one of the is that it's non-partial biased right? yeah, just say, yeah, un, unbiased not unbiased yeah exactly <laughs> it's what partial feels like it's one of those words like it's like parody where like it's good but it's bad it's the opposite of what you would th- I, I was thinking of partisan i'm like well we're not in politics here yeah so that's so. You see what i'm saying it's like it's one of those anyway point being <laughs> is i will crapple like i always say you know that their running backs from there have been garbage for years on end. So anyway, point being, very high in the Miles Boykin, very high because Marquise Brown, as we just have a report this week, still now questionable for week one. It's an opportunity here. But I bring up what you say because if you only saw the box score of that Ravens game, you say nine targets, four catches. Eh, Boykin's having trouble catching the ball. Lamar Jackson's. You got to remember those are Lamar Jackson targets. You know. And who's still, now if you watch the game, now, actually, some of those Lamar Jackson targets were right out of his hands. And there was even a comment, if you were watching the game, that the broadcasters brought up, which I thought was very intelligent. If you're watching it, it looked like Boykin had a little bit of nerves. And these are rookies trying to make his mark. And also, there was a taken away, really nice pass and catch, which involved Boykin for a touchdown that was taken away by offensive holding. So, if you don't watch the game to what you're saying, I only bring that up for comparison for Trubisky because... One, it could be off day. You don't know whose fault it was, all that type of stuff. But let's talk about, since I brought it up, the Miles Boykin, Hollywood Brown. Are you in on this? All, are you crossing off this entire thing because you're not a Lamar Jackson fan? Or No, no, I'm a huge Lamar Jackson fan. I just okay. know that. 
uh, on occasion, he can make some wild throws. And with the rookie, somebody, there, somebody put up a video today. It said Lamar Jackson throwing the ball, and it was that old wiggle video. The old wiggle. <laughs> I've seen so many of those. It's uh, you know because I, I'm a Steelers fan, so. Uh, the Steelers fans love to make those gifts uh, of Lamar Jackson throwing the ball. It's just the worst, you know, Lamar Jackson throwing the ball and it's a kid standing two feet away that gets nailed in the head with a basketball or something. You know, it's, it's those kinds of things. But uh, no, I'm, I'm a big Lamar Jackson fan, but I know that especially with a rookie, especially with a rookie like Miles Boykin in his first game, that there could be some communication issues. I, I would have liked to have seen you know, instead of targets, catchable balls, you know, something like that. He did but, drop two, I will say. All right. My thing with Miles Boykin, and the reason I'm probably not going to trust him for this season is because when you watch his stuff, incredibly athletic, and I think he was a 99.9% spark score coming into the draft, which measures athleticism if you're not familiar with that kind of stuff. But he just didn't know where to be a lot of the time when watching his stuff. He got overthrown by book. He got overthrown by Bush because he wasn't in the right spot. And right. sometimes, you know, I don't necessarily know that all the time, but there were times where uh, he also didn't know when to block or when to stop blocking. Or, you know, there were times where the effort was questionable with Boykin. And, and it's one of those things where he has all the physical pieces now, are the Ravens coaches going to be able to coach him up to be successful immediately? I hope so, because the talent is there, but he needs to get his head straight. And it seems like, yeah, what's that? Yeah, I said, you know who he is for me? Who's that? He's the Jameis Winston of wide receivers. He's got, he just, the decision making. It's like, yeah, he just, okay. He just needs that. I, I, yeah, I think that's a great comparison. So it's all there. But is he going to be able to put it together? I mean, he has such a great opportunity here, too, because they don't have much in the way of wide receivers in Baltimore right now. It's Willie Sneed and Marquise Brown is not 100% still. And uh, there's a huge opportunity for him. So it all adds up and it all looks right. I just I haven't drafted him anywhere yet. And I don't know that I put him on my team unless it was a fairly deep league. So. Okay, so as we pivot back to running backs, and this is just how my mind works, the nice segue would be to go to another running back wide receiver tandem and kind of bridge the gap to come back. You see what I'm doing here? So it's like, I see. like yeah, it's that's again, that's how my weird brain works. So let's talk Darwin Thompson and Michael Hardman because again, we can talk about both of them, but for different reasons. The Damian Williams side of it is it's all of a sudden going to be a committee because somebody asked Andy Reid about it and his answer was, yeah, I've seen those in effect and I could see that working here. And everybody lost their mind. Everybody went, oh my God, Damian Williams is going to be the bell cow. And then we see him back at practice on Tuesday and Damian Williams is getting all the work with the ones. Darwin Thompson didn't even work with the ones. He only worked with the second team unit and that was only behind Carlos Hyde at times, which is, that's not surprising, but as you know, Scott, the biggest thing is when you see reports about so-and-so is working with the ones, if it's a young player, a new player to the team or anything like that, that's how they evaluate the player. That doesn't always mean right, they're going right. to be the starter. But to me, the fact that Damian Williams was with the ones, that's fine. You know, obviously, they need to get him back into the role. Yeah, thing. making up for lost time could be a big part of that, too. But that Darwin Thompson didn't see a single touch with that first team tells me that at worst case... This is Damian Williams' backfield with Carlos Hyde seeing some passing game work and a few touches just to keep him in that 15 to 18 range, which 
was kind of the majority of Jamal Charles' career. So are we back? Like, is Damian Williams an RB1? Is Darwin Thompson even a thing? And on the passing side of things, Michael Hardman had that nice run out of the backfield and has all the speed in the world. But with Tyreek Hill playing this season, is he even relevant? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of stuff that, you know, Miko Hardman hype train was gigantic, right? And then Tyreek Hill comes back, and now Miko Hardman probably took a bigger nosedive maybe than he deserved, but he's still so far down the list of options on this team. And you could say the same thing about Darwin Thompson. When you have Damian Williams, when you have Travis Kelsey, when you have Sammy Watkins, when you have, you know, uh, who am I thinking? Who's the kid from uh, Florida? Robinson. You know, they got so many other. uh, Yeah, they've got so many other options in Kansas City to where, yes, these guys are explosive. They're going to get work in games. But Tyreek Hill had more catches last season than Miko Hardman had in three years at Georgia. You know, (laughs) so it's not that Miko Hardman can't get work in and not that he's not a good player. It's that. The, ex- the expectations on rookies are occasionally too high because we've seen so many great rookies recently. And, um, you know, it was a nice run that Thompson had. It was a nice pass that Hardman caught. But let's not forget that, that those were against, you know, I think they were playing the Bengals, right? The Bengals' third, second string defense. <laughs> so you have wait, to take that wait, into consideration. You're telling me the Bengals' defense isn't good? No, it's not. Uh, the second team isn't good. And, and let me be the bearer of bad news. No NFL second team defense is good. So oh. because because most first team defenses aren't good in the NFL <laughs> because the rules are all designed for the offense anyway. So I uh, like these guys are good players. And I had Hardman, you know, as my eighth rookie wide receiver uh, before all this hoopla. And I had uh, Darwin Thompson as my 11th running back going in here. I think these guys are good players. But Darwin Thompson, you know, while he had more work than you would expect, he was, uh, you know, he came from JUCO, then went to Utah State, and now to the Chiefs. So in three years, he's gone JUCO, Utah State, NFL. That's kind of a big jump. So <laughs> just very athletic, great, great athlete, but huge jump. And I think the expectations are a little bit too high on Darwin Thompson. And I think when people hear running back by committee, they think, oh, well, that means Thompson's a third, Hyde's a third, and, uh, you know, uh, Damian Williams is a third. And that's just, I think... Damian Williams is 50%. Uh, you know, 30% is Carlos Hyde, and everything else is Darwin Thompson and other guys running out of the backfield. So, you know. By the way, sidebar, that freaking Wiggle song is now stuck in my head. <laughs> Luckily, I don't know any Wiggle songs. So, <laughs> oh, you don't know the wi- I'm going to have to send it to you. It's like Baby Shark. Everyone gets so mad at Baby Shark, and it doesn't get stuck in my head because I've never heard the thing all the way through. So... I don't. You don't need to hear it all the way through because it's the same damn thing the entire sh- time. Right. Daddy shark. Daddy shark. Daddy shark. Daddy shark. It just doesn't get stuck in my head like other songs do. You know. It's just because it's the same thing. You just pick something blank shark and then just do the little stanza, and that's the entire song. I tell you what will get stuck in my head, and I'll probably piss a lot of people off saying this, but uh, uh, Barbie Girl, that song will get stuck in my head. Oh, my God. I'm a Barbie girl living in a... That or like... Plastic, Stephen Plastic. plastic. (laughs) Oh, God. It's already aggravating me. That or like the America's Funniest Home Video themes. You know, the the, the intro song for that. The play at the end. Yeah, that one will get stuck in my head, and my buddy and I will just text each other 
like the first couple lines of those songs. Well, and, here, you know what can you be stuck in your head and you can be happy about it and never upset? Do you know? That? Life know. is like a hurricane here in Duckburg. <laughs> I haven't heard it in so long and you sang so oh, off key gosh. i wasn't sure where we were going so no i i cannot <laughs> sing on key you should know this by now <laughs> well you know it's it's you know so often we go out and get drunk and go to karaoke night jake so oh, yeah all the time which by the way i actually do think i could sing it a little bit better in key because i did it for fantasy mansions podcast uh the only problem is i'm trying not to sing at the top of my lungs or even close to it because barkley's sleeping so <laughs> <laughs> oh man i wonder if dog whistles come through a microphone i wish i had <laughs> i will i will uh, find out if a punch comes through the microphone <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. let's get back to running backs actually like football talk uh, <laughs> um where did i leave up oh miles sanders so i'm just gonna leave it at this twofold twofold part but i'm gonna leave it it's very simple version for you one is people don't realize Miles Sanders is a very good running back because that guy he replaced, speaking of Barkley, yeah, he was pretty damn good. So in comparison, he's going to like fall short no matter what. But the of second course. part, this is what I keep saying. Don't draft him. Let him be somebody else's problem because Doug Peters is never going to change. He brought back Darren Sproles. But, Scott, keep your eye on if you can maybe buy him low because the person might even want to drop him come like week four of the five of the season and then maybe things shake out for the second half for you. Very much so. And I think, you know, I, I don't mean to cross over positions again, but I think the same thing can be said about Nick. <laughs> Are Harris. you crossing streams? I, I might be crossing streams. It's me and the Ghostbusters. Wait, 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 who'd you say? Because I, I was just, I made a joke. Nikhil Harry. Okay, Nikhil Harry. Fair enough. I, no, we'll, I, okay, I, we'll talk about both of them. You brought him up. He's on the list. Well, yeah, My, Miles Sanders, there's just so much to work with in Philly. And Doug Peterson, I, I think it's one of those things where, it's going to take him a little bit of time to realize that Sanders is the best running back on his roster, and he needs to get more carries than Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard is a little bit better than a Jag, you know, just a guy to me. And I've said that for a long time. He's a guy, he is better than a Jag because he's done it before, and he can take a pounding and all that stuff. Like you said, 300 touches last year, close to it. And uh, so he's not a horrible back by any stretch of the imagination, and he's the most experienced. But Miles Sanders is by far better than Jordan Howard. So they're going to have to work uh, that out. But like you said, if Sanders is getting fewer than 10 touches for the first three or four weeks, someone's going to cut him somewhere. And you can add him. And it's going to become apparent at some point during the year that he's the best back. So uh, I'm excited for him. But Nikhil Harry's been starting off terrible. And I was kind of wondering why. But today it came out, there was a report that he's been dealing with hamstring and ankle injuries. In yeah, camp, I saw that. so that makes a lot more sense to why Jacoby Myers was smoking him as a rookie, but also Jacoby Myers incredibly underrated as a wide receiver going into the whole draft process. Where did you have him? Because what I said about him, I actually didn't have him. So I did, you know, I, I do tiers because I don't, right. I don't do pure rankings, and I had four tiers, and then everybody else. And as the joke I made at the top of the wide receiver, everybody else has said everybody else, and there's a lot of everybody else's. Like it's huge. <laughs> But Jacoby Myers was in the everybody else, but it wasn't because of skill. I even said, if you watch him, very skilled, just still learning the position. Actually, even someone to Miles Blake is still learning the position as in learning how to 
break off his routes, learning how to work the position to gain separation. A comparison I'll make is Marquise Lee coming out of college. Marquise Lee relied on his athleticism because he got away with it in college and he was just that much better than everybody else. But he got to the NFL and everybody gets close to your playing field level and it's like, oh, I should probably learn how to run precise routes. So I said about Jacoby Myers is, I think he could be a good big slot option, kind of like a similar like to a Smith-Schuster because that would limit, obviously, some of the things he needs to do. But it's not surprising to me that he's making noise. I, 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 but I will say it's surprising he's making this much noise because I still thought he needed some work despite his ability. Yeah, you know, Remember, you know this. A lot of people I realize he's still transitioning from the position and from a quarterback. Right, right. So uh, I, I didn't have him insanely high, but uh, I, 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 he's, he's good. He's not one of these guys that should be way, way down here. Like I thought he was better than Miles Boykin, to be honest with you. Like he, he, he knew a little bit more where to be and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I think the one that I whiffed on the most so far here is probably our, our guy, uh, Anthony Ratliff Williams. I was really excited about him. But, uh, yeah, I, I liked him, and I like Kelvin Harmon. They had a nice little duo there. See, I actually, on pure ability and upside, I liked him more than Harmon. I still liked Harmon better. I think Harmon has really good body control. So uh, he can – and he's got hops, too. So he can go up and get a ball and, uh, and come down and get his feet down. So, uh, but but it, it's not that surprising that a former quarterback is working well with Tom Brady, right? <laughs> and the Patriots. So, yeah, and the Patriots who can take a guy off the scrap. We only have some guy there right now who's <laughs> doing that exact thing at the wide receiver position. Uh, if you, are you talking about uh, Etling? They cut him today. No, Edelman. Oh, Edel. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Edelman people, is so old. I that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, actually, was it um, was it Edelman that was on? I think him and Sean McVay were uh they played against each other in college same did they yeah yeah is, is that maybe why they had like the whole same look is that is that what it was <laughs> well not well edelman's got that giant but you know what i'm talking about you're talking yeah, about yeah, before, yeah. before the giant beard if people remember he had that same like the spiky hair with the five o'clock shit well not who am i yeah i don't think it that's the reason they're both good looking but yeah they're uh, <laughs> they played again i think that was one of those pre-super bowl stories remember because uh, Patriots played the Rams, so I think that was one of those. Oh yeah, you got to find out million stories, and for those two right. in between, exactly, exactly. Like how I'm throwing shade at people with like five o'clock stubble beard and spiky hair. Like yeah, that's. A, yeah, I'm not. Hot, I look hot, like a homeless hot man. kettle back there, just a little. bit. <laughs> I look like a homeless guy right now, so I'm not gonna make fun of anybody. And now, if I was just in the NFL making billions of dollars, being right. awesome, uh, yeah. yeah, that's exactly. the only difference. That's the only difference. It's just the money. That's the only difference, right? Hey, speaking of with the Patriots, although we've been jumping around, we've been making nice transitions here. Uh, speaking of the Patriots, Damian Harris, somebody we brought up earlier in the show, and this backfield, there's talk that he's not even getting first-team touches, and it's just he's so far behind. But somebody asked me about this in one of my comments, and I, I said, I'm still drafting him late because it's not that I don't like Sonny Michelle's talent. I admittedly, when he came out of college, said I like his talent. It's something that Emery brought up, and I said to you, and I said to a lot of people, I never saw it until Emery pointed it out to me because as many years as I've been doing it, I'm not at Emery's level of scouting football players. And he said, watch how hard he drives his leg into the ground. Now, there's some players that do it on cuts, 
He does it every single step. And I really, really, I have zero shares of Sony Michelle. I'm not saying I ever draft solely based on injury because you just never know what's going to happen. Right. Anybody can get hurt. So. Right. But at the same time, I am so far out. Zero shares of Sony Michelle because of what Emery said, because he's 100% right about it. And that's why I'm stashing Damian Harrison, which, you know, Damian Harrison, I said Harrison, it was a comma there and it sounded weird. <laughs> Damian Harris might not make an impact until week nine, but it's a lottery ticket I'm willing to sit on as long as I feasibly can. Yeah, I, this whole situation kind of sucks because there's just so much there in New England, you know, and uh, it's Damien Harris, it's Rex Burkhead, it's James White. It's it, And it seems like, oh, Gronk's gone. There should be so much more to go around. And that's just kind of not the case, especially in the backfield. You know, James White is going to get his. And as long as Sonny Michelle is healthy, he's going to be the main guy. Uh, I think you and I and a lot of people are kind of taking the shot that, you know, Sonny Michelle is going to leave at some point this season because he's going to be hurt. So when is that? And is Rex Burkhead still on this roster at that point? And, uh, you know, I think I heard someone, I think it was Mike Tagliere, make the point of, you know, them not playing Damian Harris in preseason week one shows how much they value him. You know, because they don't want Damian Harris to get hurt because they're waiting for him. And they ran Nick Brissett a lot. Nick Brissett looked pretty good. Yeah. He's a UDFA out of LSU. <laughs> That's going to be the one. It's like they have—they always have 17 running backs. He's going to be the one that like one week, <laughs> they're going to be like DFS. Some dude's going to have him 1% or like 0.1% ownership. of him. it's going to be like, who the hell is this guy? I didn't win in a million books. <laughs> That's Philip Lindsay, right? That's Philip yeah. Lindsay from last year out of Colorado. So uh, that that stuff has happened before. Stranger things have happened. And, you know, if you impress Bill Belichick, you're going to make the squad. It doesn't really matter if you were drafted or if you were a UDFA. So, I mean, obviously, Damian Harris is going to make the squad and all that stuff. It's just one of those contentious things. I, if I'm owning a back in New England, it's James White. And hopefully, I'm yeah, going to pick it was just funny because people still seemingly still don't want to own him, which is just, it's kind of weird. But all right. So how about this? Devin Singletary, Tony Pollard, Ty Johnson, Alexander Mattinson, Ryquel Armstead, Travion, and Dexter Williams. Is there anybody in that group that really tickles your fancy? Besides the fact that we talked about Dexter Williams on your show, but you can bring him up again if you want to. But uh, just because a kind of <laughs> quick hit to get some some of these wide receivers. Is there anybody in that group? Because for, I'll just tell you, for me, it's actually Devin Singletary because I still am hoping LaShawn McCoy gets cut. But at this point, it's kind of late in the game for that. But I really still think that Devin Singletary can take over the backfield, whatever that means. It might only mean 50% of the touches, though. Right. I, I like Devin Singletary out of the group of guys you just listed. Um, uh, I think that he is going to get uh, at least backup the backup role to LaShawn McCoy. You know, Frank Gore has been banged up. Frank Gore has always played, though. So I guess maybe Frank Gore is the guy on the chopping block at this point. Uh, TJ Yeldon. <laughs> well, TJ Yeldon's definitely, you know, one of those guys that could get cut. But he's making, I don't know. They could cut both those guys, and I wouldn't be surprised. But uh, it's McCoy, and then it's Singletary. Uh, to me, but I also, I think Alexander Madison, and I think there's something to what Mike Zimmer wants to do with this offense in Minnesota, because I thought them drafting Irv Smith was all about, all right, well, Kyle Rudolph's a free agent next year. So why not get a guy like Irv Smith? It makes a lot of sense, but then they extended Kyle Rudolph. And the reason is because they want to run two more, two tight end sets to get that running game going. 
And Alexander Madison is a grinder from Boise State who had over 300 carries last year. So I think that he could definitely be a dude that gets 10 touches just every single game because that's what they want to do with him. He could be like a, you know, like a lot like what Latavius Murray did last year. But if they're up, he could have those nice grinded out games where he gets 20 touches now because they're up in the fourth quarter. So I'm a little afraid that it might eat into some of the wide receiver production there as well. We'll have to wait and see on that. But I, I think that Alexander Madison is absolutely another guy. The rest of the guys you mentioned, Tony Pollard has a role. And no, just because Jerry Jones says that he can carry the load doesn't mean he can. He was a role <laughs> player at Memphis. He was behind Patrick Taylor and Daryl Henderson. So I don't know why anyone would come out and say he can carry the load. He, the most carries he had was 17 in the bowl game, and before that it was 11. So no, he's not going to go out and get 30 carries for anybody. Uh, Travion Williams is buried behind Joe Mixon and uh, Gio Bernard. So that, uh, Yeah, but I only brought him up because at least it cleared up the situation with him. and um, Oh, shoot, uh, the one from Oklahoma. Rodney Anderson. Thank you. I was well, Rodney Anderson was probably was. Uh, he, he's... He's coming off that injry, and I don't think they're right. expecting to play anyway. So no, but it kind of felt like they were asking either one of them to kind of step in, as in like the Giovanni of Bernard insurance, and at least in my opinion. And we had to see which. And like you said, I think the assumption was Travion. Uh, but in any case, so you're well. If Rodney out. Anderson was healthy coming in this year, he would have been my number one back by a lot, a lot, yeah, a lot. I, uh, he, he would have been probably fringe tier one for me. I wasn't I'm quite as high as you. And so that, there you go. Here's another transition. The one running back we didn't talk about, you just mentioned was Darrell Henderson, who, or Darrell Henderson. Sorry. I always want to say Darrell because he's got two R's and two L's. <laughs> well, it's the, the Terrell Terrell thing with Terrell Owens. So that's yeah. why like it's, so it's just the name it's the, in the ingrained in my name, in my I brain. I just say it the way uh, I've, I think it's said until I hear someone else say, wait till you see the Missouri tight end for next year. I can't wait. Oh, for no, I, I know. I'm, I'm not going to bring it up. I'm not going to say his name. Oh, what's his name then if you know him? No, uh, I'm not even going to try to say it. It's like <laughs> I, still, I still to this day cannot even still say Humanawa Nui or I think I might have got close that time. I still can't. Like, the, the t- you know who I'm talking about, the tight end. Oh, the tight end from Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I got it's you. Like, that's like Antetink. Say, I still can't do it. I know how you're supposed Let's to call say. Him GA. Yeah, yeah that's but what I do. Anyway, Antetinkumpo. Right. Uh, no, I don't forget it. Screw it. So, <laughs> hey, hey, Matt Tuiasasopo. I can do that one. There Great. you go. Actually, because his. Bo- you remember Chris Fuamatu Maafala? I do, and I couldn't have done that with you. Just. <laughs> how about- Boo. Yeah, everyone just called him Fu. Wait, what was the Bija or Baja Mala or whatever? Uh, uh, Akbar or Baja Biamila? Yeah, whatever. So, can we talk about Daryl Henderson? Can we do that? Can we, can we, yeah, we can. Uh, he looked terrible in the first game uh, because he's so, not, ooh, not You're going to base it off one game? Well, I'm going to base it off of the scheme that they run in L.A., the zone running scheme, and how he didn't know how to run through those holes that they had. Yeah, I think a so, little bit. I'm not going to knock him for the entire season. He'll learn, but he looked terrible to start. And okay. they said he's fifth on the depth chart. And I know that's one of those. Uh, I think it's anytime you put a guy that you took in the third round at the bottom of the depth chart, like he ain't going to make the team. Uh, I think it's an, a move to inspire him, but also it's a move because he just hasn't been looking great. So I think there's something to it a little bit more than just, ah, nah, he's going to be fine all that stuff. I still think he's draftable, but he is absolutely going to be one of those guys 
that is going to be dropped early because he's not getting touches because they don't trust him. And then later on in the season, when he starts to get it going and he starts to get it rolling, the dude is so unbelievably explosive. He's going to make his presence felt when he finally does hit the right hole. You know? Okay. I feel better now about what you're saying. All right. Okay. <laughs> because, well, because I was going to say, I see a Chris Thompson role for him and that's why I actually, and that's think- fine. Get him out in space, you yeah. know, well, but that but, early, well, I, that could be five touches a game. Value. Right. So, so, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So we ran long. So let's try and get some wide receivers in here. I'll, I'll phrase it this way for you. I'm assuming it's not Boykin. So who <laughs> is your top wide receiver rookie wise for this year? Is it Metcalf or is it uh, I'm kind of, well, no, I'm not going to set you up for anybody else. Um, that's uh, it, a tough call. I would say right now it's Metcalf, but I love Debo Samuel. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I love Debo Samuel. My favorite wide receiver in this draft. And, uh, you know, at South Carolina, he was getting doubled and tripled and all that stuff. And the one game you saw him blow up was against Clemson. One of the couple games he blew up. But he blew up the biggest against Clemson, and it's because Clemson went, ah, we're we're good enough to single this guy. And they weren't. (laughs) And he's already better than Dante Pettis. And I think people are seeing that. Jalen Hurd uh, has a nice little role in the slot, too. Jalen Hurd, a little bit more of a project, though. He, uh, you know, coming from Baylor, he started at Tennessee at running back. Then he decided smartly because he's gigantic, too. He's six foot four. I don't want to be a running back. They don't last long. I'm going to transition to wide receiver. Now, at Baylor, they still use him a little bit at running back and a wide receiver. So he's a weapon. And I'm glad that Kyle Shanahan drafted him. You know what I mean? If he would have gone somewhere else where they would have made him define a role, if he would have gone to Minnesota, I would have been like, eh, I don't know about all that. But uh, I think Metcalf's going to be on the field a ton. Paris Campbell, I love, but he's had so many injury issues. Plus they have, uh, you know, uh, Naheem Hines and Chester Rogers to play the slot, and he can't do anything yet outside of the slot, in my opinion. And Nikhil Harry is behind the eight ball. So Metcalf and Debo are far and away the one and two right now. Um, I'm so glad. Like I said, I was uh, dancing in my seat over here. I'm a big Debo <laughs> fan. Uh, my only knock on him, I've said this before, I think I might even said it to you on your podcast, was the fact when I asked him at the Combine what was his most underrated skill, and he said, great question, I don't know. And I was like, dude, come on, seriously? It's like, <laughs> usually the, the, the question they're like most excited to talk about because when I asked, I, I was actually, I think I asked every single player that question because it's such an easy question they don't normally get asked and it lets them kind of you know talk about themselves in a way that like isn't really braggadocious but at the same time you know kind of like and a lot of the running backs kept saying pass blocking pass catching pass because you know it's a pass first league and he was the only one that said i don't know but he's like great question i don't know but (laughs) they'll love him there's one you didn't bring up and i just want to bring up him as we close this out um, as I watch Barkley on the video, she's starting to stir. And so <laughs> stay asleep a little bit longer. We're almost done here. Uh, it's Hunter Renfro. He's only because he's getting a little bit buzzed lately, but he was getting a little bit buzzed. It's like, hey, you know, if Antonio sits out, it's not just going to be Tyrell Williams, but also just in general of Hunter Renfro being like, hey, look, he's going to be a slot option. But I don't know where you were on him because I don't even know if we talked about him on your show, but I wasn't very high on him just because I think that's really all he is. But we've seen a lot of players who have, been fine as hey you're only a slot option and being able to carve out that role I'd feel better if he was on a different offense in a different offense that I didn't think was going to rely on the run as much because of 
Josh Jacobs. And because that Antonio Brown at this point now seems like he's going to be fine as long as the feet heal. I just, as much as I like Renfro and I think he fits if that's going to be exactly how they use him, I just don't see the volume there to make enough of a who cares. Like basically for redraft and this year only, I kind of almost say who cares. If you want an undersized white guy, go with Andy Isabella. That's what I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like Hunter Renfro, but it's going to be difficult for him to get on the field. And uh, Andy Isabella, they're just going to run so many four wide receiver sets. He had a little bit of a setback, and I know Keyshawn Johnson has looked better in Arizona. And it's you know it's going to be Fitzgerald, it's going to be Kirk, and then two other of the three of Keyshawn Isabella and Hakeem Butler. No, 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 but no, no. I, I just no, haven't no, heard anything no, about no, Butler at all. No, no. That's because he's terrible. I don't think he's terrible. I, I don't think he's terrible. as good as as uh, everybody made him out to be. But he's no. got size. He could still. It doesn't matter what you say. You can't teach six foot six. So he could still be a red you know zone what, option. You know, what else, you know what else you can't teach? You can't teach Darrell Green Beckham athleticism and size and ability. And look at what he's terrible. You can't teach Stephen <laughs> Hill this ability and size, and he's terrible. You can't. I, here's what I'll say. This is exactly my take of what I said the entire draft coverage of, of Hakeem Butler. His ceiling and who he profiles as, in my opinion, is Devin Funches. Yeah, that's not a bad comparison, but there's still people that are in. I'm more in on Hakeem Butler he's, than I am. He's Devin the Funches. Jordan Howard of wide receivers. If you took off the Oh, I don't know about No, no, no. If you took off the 6'6 six, six and he was 6'1, nobody would give a damn because you can find 17. Well, yeah, 6'6 the, the, uh, six, six, is a trait. It's a positive trait. Hey, you know, as, by the as, way, as if Randy Barden, how his NFL career is going at 6'6. Look, six. man, if Andy Isabella was 6'1, a lot more people would be talking about him, but he's 5'9. <laughs> so you know. I'll go the other way. Actually, here's a random question. I don't even know if you're going to be able to answer because I'm terrible at answering random questions when it's name somebody. Like, I even did a chat today on the athletic and people were like who are your three favorite late round picks and it's like all of a sudden my brain's like ah oh, too many names can't come up with one like it's just like what happens <laughs> but so i only because i had the tv on because i usually have the noise going in the background so there's noise in the living room to get her the puppy the barkley to get used to noise and doesn't right. wake up at every single thing that happens so it just happens to be on tbs and they had a commercial for the detour have you ever seen a commercial for the detour or watched the detour I don't know what that is at all. No. Okay. Did you ever watch Justified? Yes. Okay. The lady, Natalie's, I don't know if her last name is Zia or Zaya or however you say her last name, but the main lady on that, she was also in The Shield back in the day. So here's my question. Uh, since I had moved on from Crazy Lady and everybody who knows out there that I used to be a huge, huge, huge crush on her, well, I can't. I just had a brain fart. Oh my God. My brain's failing. That's probably good. Yeah, oh, I know who you're talking about, but you and Chris always talked about her and I don't remember her name. Oh my so. God. What the hell's her name? It's the one from was it she Underworld. some singer or something? No, Underworld. Kate Beckinsale. Thank you. Holy okay. crap. That's, that's, that's how far I've moved on from Kate Beckinsale. I couldn't even think of her name. Gosh. Oh, she's old news. She's over 40. No, she's a weirdo putting penis cream on her face and she's a smoker and she's dating that weirdo from SNL and just there's a lot of things. So I moved on from her, as you can tell, a long time ago. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. The one you were thinking of is Victoria Justice. So anyway, the entire setup to this question was the commercial came on and I was like, man, she's always been really hot to me. Like I've always thought Natalie Zia, Zaya, whatever, has always been really hot and she's over 40. So I was going to say, is there any actress lady that for you? over 40, like the older ones, that's still really hot in your opinion. I'd say this is probably going a little too far, but Diane Lane 
just always still looks good. Diane Lane's a good call. I mean, it doesn't matter. I haven't seen her recently. She's how old is Diane Lane? She's 54. So I was going to guess she's older than that. I I just remember going, man, I, I, I didn't think that I'd ever want, you know, pork chop sandwiches. And then she was (laughs) Superman's mom. So I was like, she looked fantastic. Uh, Sorry, is that a little over the top? I apologize. <laughs> no, I'm gonna edit that out with pork chop sandwiches. So <laughs> uh, Catherine Zeta Jones always still looks good too. Yeah, but she uh, he questionable judgment there. Well, Michael Douglas. Yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. How old is she? She's 49. So that's it. Yeah, yeah. 49. Like well, Michael forever. Douglas is like 102, isn't he? I know. Well, that's why I was gonna. I was gonna estimate. Like, if you would have said how old is Catherine Zeta Jones, I would have been like 56. Like that would have been my yeah. guess. Yeah, that's probably what I would have said too. Let me see what. Uh, uh no. I, Michael I didn't Douglas. But <laughs> where you know that Michael Keaton's name is actually Michael Douglas. No. Yeah, no. and because of some rule. He had to change his last name because of union rules. Michael Douglas, 74, by the way, 25 years old. Holy crap. But, uh, but yeah, so Michael Keaton's real name is Michael Douglas, but he had to change the last name because of some union rule where you can't have the same name as someone or same screen name as someone. So he just picked. Really? Yeah. And a lot of people thought it was because of he, you know, he had a crush on Diane Keaton, but that wasn't it. I can't remember what the real reason is now, but. See, I, th- I thought Michael Douglas was like, you know, in wonderful life as like a, a <laughs> <laughs> like that's how old I thought he was. <laughs> you thought he was actually 102. No, <laughs> no he's 74. He's older. So like if you would have said if there's a, we'll get out of here if anybody's even still listening to the pod <laughs> yeah. at this point. <laughs> I was going to say, if you would have asked me and said, or actually not even asked me, if you just would have said, did you know Michael Douglas was dead for like three months? I would have been like, Oh, I believe you. Like, just... <laughs> oh man, uh, well, uh, you're gonna be that old someday, Jake. You know? Oh so. no, no, no! When I get to seventy-five, I'm killing myself. Oh, okay. Well, I'm probably I'm uh, because of my Carl's Jr. diet. I consider myself to be in the bonus right now. So <laughs> at any point, I could go. So. You, you've already made it past. <laughs> yeah, I'm already past the peak. This is ancient. For me, so. With every breath I take, I'm surprised. So every breath you take. Ah, now stick that in your head for the rest of the night. I probably will. Not. Also stick in your head. Follow Scott at Bogman Sports. And one time again, like I said, for the four people who've listened to the end of this podcast, <laughs> let them know where all your myriad of things are going on at. In this league.com, we've got football, we've got baseball, we've got basketball, we've got college football, we've got the Welsh's Prospect One podcast. He's on CBS now, Fantasy Baseball Today. You can hear him over there every day. We've got FNTSY, the Black Book. I'm on uh, the Individual Defensive Podcast with Gary Davenport. I'm on CFF on Campus with uh, John Lobb and Justin Heisey. And I just started a new podcast called CFB Winning Edge with my buddies Xavier Trish and Nicholas Ian Allen. So doing all kinds of podcasts. All that's why See? when you asked me for Wednesday, I said there's just no way I can't. No, no, this is this is why your cats are pooping in your clothes is because you're never around. True. To do it. <laughs> that's true. That that story we told on a secret show on our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash ITL Army. So if you want to so hear more of the the cats crapping in my clothes, <laughs> you can find it on Patreon. 
Uh, and on that note, we can get out of here. Uh, thank you to the two people still listening. Uh, we'll be back next Wednesday. Again, please follow Scott at Bogman. And, and, and the Welsh, Chris Welsh. Is it the Welsh? Uh, both great guys. Both had him on a couple times. I've been on there a couple times. Great dudes, as you can tell. And like I said, I'll be back next Wednesday. More fancy football. Good luck drafting this weekend. And oh, good grief. You try to go after Andrew Luck. she's here and comfortable except till yesterday all of a sudden yesterday we were playing in the afternoon because like i said i got this schedule of like when i feed and when i play and kind of trying to get her into a routine right and we're, i took her out and she went pee outside we come in and we're playing and in the middle of playing just it starts coming out and then she squats like she didn't even squat first it just <laughs> I was like are you kidding me so i took her outside she went a little bit more i come in clean the spot come back bring her in and start playing and within 30 seconds she did it again and i'm like are you like and this point i like actually even i even said it to her i was like are you freaking kidding me so i took her outside i actually have her outside at this point i come back in and i spray down the entire area that we play with the urine destroyer resolve to like get rid of like the smell and all that type of stuff so it's like a four by four area and i clean it all up i vacuum so now it's been like 10 maybe five minutes i go out i bring her in i'm not kidding you within 30 seconds of playing she did it again and i was like are you trying to piss me off like is, <laughs> is this intentional like what the Testing hell is your right god <laughs> but i mean she didn't do it she didn't do it today it's just kind of like you know she's a puppy i don't have problems you know too many problems with my cats with that because it's their natural instinct to do you know to go to the the box and right. with all of the cat litter and stuff but if i don't empty out the litter box soon enough which i do every you know day or two days but if i don't you know, see captain's already mad at me if i don't do it uh soon enough i didn't realize because this has never happened i've had him for almost five years now and uh, uh sadie like I have my dirty clothes sitting on the ground, like kind of in front of my kitchen. And then I'll grab them all and throw them in the, uh, the wash. Well, I grabbed them all and threw them in the wash. She had moved my shirts around in the middle of them and then covered them up with other shirts. So I just picked up a big pile of what I thought was, you know, dirty clothes to wash, put it in my washer, wash them with the in it. And then I had to, uh, I was pulling out the clothes to put in the dryer, and I'm like, what the hell? There's <laughs> fucking shit in there. And I had to throw away a bunch of shirts. So, oh, my God. Yeah. Then I went, uh, Chris was like, why do you buy, like, four new shirts? I'm like, well, let me tell you. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm assuming old, it was. Because my old shirts were <laughs> Get it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess you're a pet father now, so you can make dad jokes. Yeah, I can't. Well, I was making dad jokes for the past 10 years. That's what somebody even said to me, it's like, you're just a dad without the kids. <laughs> <laughs>